so I'm I, I usually every couple days I pick up my I pick up my oldest son from from school just because it's so nice out and um, walking a mile usually tends to wear him out, um, which is a good thing if you're a parent. So about halfway through our walk, he starts asking me about Slimer and Ghostbusters. Um, okay. Like just all these details, like asking me questions about Slimer specifically. Are, are we talking about like 80s Slimer? Like, mm-hmm. Cause that's, that's the only Ghostbusters I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So we're talking about Ghostbusters first movie. Okay. Uh, uh, and he's just asking like, what color is Slimer? Um, like, why does he slime people? Um, what's the movie about? Can we see the movie? Um, all this, just um, just wanting to know every little bit of detail about Slimer. And, of course, me being me, I, of course, am giving him too much information. So I, of course, tell him that there are not only... There, there are three movies that feature Slimer. Um, there's also two TV shows, uh, cartoons. He's like... Why are you doing the cartoon? I'm like, he was nice in the cartoon and just uh like why was he nice? Like is he when he was so mean in the first movie, I'm like like I'm just my head is just rapping just <laughs> like it's great because it actually makes the walk go by like that much quicker because normally it's um it's asking me this and asking me that. And we're actually having like a real conversation about a movie that I love. Just the most annoying questions about it. <laughs> that things that I never remotely thought about. <laughs> like why can Slimer eat hot dogs? Like, I don't know. <laughs> and of course the first thing I like, is like, how do you even know about this? Like I was going to ask. <laughs> apparently, one of his teachers in his pre-K class showed them the video, like the music video. Um, like the Ray Parker? The Ray Parker Jr. video. Ray Parker Jr.? Yeah. The, the one that that the, the Huey Lewis and I believe, is also the news sued him for? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I believe so. Um, really, they sued him? Because... Yeah, they sued Ray Parker Jr. because, okay... We'll get we'll get into it. First of all, let's let's introduce the show, and you can finish your story, and then I will school you on the uh, the litigation surrounding. Yeah, uh, please. All right, it's this is Mental Platypus. I'm Jerry. I'm Jason. Uh, you can follow us at Mental Platypus on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, go to mentalplatypus.com, hit the contact page, and email us from there if you want. You can also check out the uh, the podcast page where i've been posting every week our a synopsis of the episode and our recommendations so that you can go back and look at those if did if you mention like. the underscore when looking us up on the socials of course i didn't be why I, why would i pay attention to the important details like that because it's, it's the it's, underscore right, is I, everything it's at ment <laughs> it's at mental <laughs> underscore platypus yeah. although i'm pretty sure that if you just search the words mental platypus were the only ones that come up. Yeah. And like, why couldn't we get it sans, sans underscore? I thought people liked the underscore. You don't like the underscore? Who, 
who likes an underscore? I do, clearly. Uh, clearly, like... <laughs> <laughs> um, it does what it says. It underscores. It, it does something. <laughs> anyway, you can find this underscore hating motherfucker at, J- at Jason E. Kyle, K-E-I-L, on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can... Um, and you can find the needless underscore Jared Duran at LTD underscore engagement on, on the Twitter. Did you just actually use that as an insult? <laughs> Calling me an, a needless underscore? Uh, yeah. Well, at least you got right, you got right on Instagram and dropped it. <laughs> um, so if I, I if I could change that, I would. I, I would bring the underscore back over. No. For consistency's sake, no, Brent, no need to, no need to do that. Um, I, I, I found out why I couldn't have the non-underscore version on on Twitter. Uh, oh, because of the inadvertently one? when you tagged the wrong limited engagement. Yeah, <laughs> you tagged the one without the underscore, and and it leads you to some. I, I don't even know what they did at some point, but they haven't been tweeting since 2010, mm-hmm. and they're from Winnipeg. Yeah. So and not to mention to add insult to injury. Yeah, and not to I don't mention know why I'm picking on Winnipeg, but well, I don't know either. And then you insult the guy. So like when he goes through his like 100 <laughs> mentions, he's gonna see that you insulted um, the great city of Winnipeg, and be I, like, I have I have genuinely nothing against Winnipeg. I'd like to clear that up here. Mm-hmm. I just can't help myself. Yeah. This is this is why I uh, you know I don't have don't uh, insult Canada man because um, I mean the whole Canada's a wonderful country it they is. have their their healthcare figured out you know they've they've given us Neil Young mm-hmm. uh, and Leonard Cohen and Daniel Lanois um, sure yeah there's it's a, it's a fine land again I have nothing against them mm-hmm. I just it, it it's it's in my blood if yeah. I see a, a, a Way to take a shot at something. I will. Yeah. Well, I'm just uh, just remember uh, Canada also produced the great Dan Aykroyd, who wrote the movie Ghostbusters, which we are. Just- you know, I would debate his greatness at this point. I, I think that he has given us more turds than uh, than gold. Um, we can debate Dan Aykroyd later, but I'm going to wrap up my story. Um, yeah, please do. Uh, but so I. Uh, so then when we get home, I'm, of course, pull up the two scenes, like, where they capture Slammer in the hotel. One where Bill Murray gets slimed. And, of course, there's even more questions. Why isn't the slime green? It is green, Beckett. Like, but, like, it isn't green on the scene. Like, Beckett, it's, sli- like, it's slime. Like, you're not paying attention. <laughs> like, it doesn't, like... <laughs> and, um... Then he has questions about the proton, the proton things, and the traps and everything. And like, as long as he doesn't cross the streams, he's fine. Yeah, I just. And of course, now he wants to watch it, and like, and actually, if it weren't for keymasters looking for gatekeepers and having to explain oh, that, yeah. and. If it wasn't for that, 
and um, the and gratuitous uh, scenes of of Rick Moranis and Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> I, if I recall, the last time I saw it, there wasn't anything too gratuitous. It's just, just yeah. yeah, it's just why like it's explaining gate masters and you know gatekeepers and key masters. Um, that is Zool. Yeah. Zool I can handle too. Like I, he's watched Willy Wonka. He's, I'm pretty sure he's set. He, um, it's, I, um, I'm... that and trying to explain, um, also the dream that Dan Aykroyd has where he gets the ghost blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of all this stuff. Cause I haven't, I haven't seen, Ghostbusters in a really, really long time. Yeah, there's a there's a scene I re- distinctly recall where um, Dan Aykroyd dreams that he's getting a blowjob from a ghost. And <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 remembering that now that <laughs> that we're discussing it, of course. But uh, and it's a classic scene. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, those are the two scenes that give me give me pause. Uh, is that PG? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was before. Um, it was before, before Spielberg. Uh, PG thirteen. Yeah, which I'm sure it would have earned. But you well, wait. Didn't one of the Indiana Jones movies? It was. Uh, yeah, didn't it was they before. Create the PG thirteen for that. It was. I think it was Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom. It was pretty much Spielberg who brought brought the PG thirteen because I think. Him producing Gremlins, and because I think they wanted Temple to give it an R, yeah. And so they they created PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. So we have Steven Spielberg to thank for the uh, PG thirteen rating. Um, if you read my pick from a couple weeks back, the Mark Harris uh, Pictures at a Revolution, mm-hmm. he discusses how Jack Valenti replaced the film code with the rating system yes which by the way in the late 60s which by the way i am um, i've been looking for that book everywhere <laughs> and have, have yet to find it um in a, in a local bookstore um so it's worth it i know i i, I got uh the mike nichols Harris book uh, yesterday from the library. I, I need to get that one, but I'm yeah. I'm trying to to stick hard and fast to my rule of of not buying more books before I finish the last round. And so I have, yeah. uh, I've got the rest of the Ethan Hawke book, <laughs> and which I'm almost done with, and then uh, a couple a couple of collections after that. So it's funny when you put it that way, Ethan Hawke book. One would one would believe, oh. It's a book about Ethan Hawke, not realizing. No, sir. No, it's a where, book by Mister Ethan Hawke. Which, um, which, if they've been listening for the last couple of weeks, um, they know that um, it is a book written by Ethan Hawke. Um, which is it good? It's not bad. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'm sure I'll discuss it when I'm finished with it. Yeah, it's it's not bad. Yeah. Um, there are various points where I really, really wanted to dislike it, uh, but he keeps bringing it back around. Um, mm-hmm. There, there are a few sections of it where I'm just like, you know what, this is really fucking good, and so uh, we'll we'll see what I think about it by the end of it. Okay, so you're going to tell me the Huey. So the story is, is that I 
you know, I, I've been... Well, you, you can't show them Ghostbusters yeah. unless there's, unless, you know, you, you, I don't know, unless you can find some sort of edited version of it. Yeah. I'm um, just I'm so sure, in the... Know, if there's like a, if there's a TNT version out of it out mm. there or something, um, maybe there's some things edited out. Yeah. But. I'm just, so, I just got so in the weeds with the semantics of Slimer, with Traps, with how a ghost can eat I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it's, and again, I, I say it's been a, a really long time since I've seen <laughs> that film, mm-hmm. but if I recall correctly, the slime isn't really green. It's it's green. It's just it, it's, when it's against the wall and on Bill it Murray. It seems kind of clearish. It's, it's clear. It's, like it's a sea glass. You know, we could debate this all day. It's like seaweed, <laughs> man. It's just. <laughs> It's, I, here's the thing though, man, like, um, and then the, the, here's the kicker question. The kicker question was, um, why is Slimer green? I'm like, that's the color he is. And that aren't all ghosts black and white. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) it made me think of, um, for one, it made me think of, um, Pillboy, um, in in the good place from our former podcast where our ghost racist <laughs> um <laughs> oh dip <laughs> and of course i and i responded like no ghosts are the whatever color they need to be and like well why and i'm like well ghosts would be pretty boring if they were all the same color right <laughs> um and <laughs> wow yeah it's um, it's a hell of a discussion. It was deep, man. <laughs> like it was like literally like half an hour getting deep in the weeds about a movie my son has yet to see um, that I love. Um, and of course, he wants to know about the cartoons, like why Slimer's nice in the cartoon and not in the in the movies. I'm like, well, he's just he's not mean. He's just you know gets into trouble. <laughs> You could probably get away with showing him the cartoons. Oh yeah, and and I found them on YouTube, so I I, I could be okay with the cartoons. I watched that when I was a kid. What's that's the bizarre thing too is that people don't realize that like Ghostbusters was such a thing, like was was such a thing that they made not one but two cartoons, like uh, kids books. Like it was marketed towards kids. Like, because I was the kid they were marketing towards. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I had some Ghostbusters toys. I remember Mm -hmm. having some Ghostbusters toys. No, because I had like, like a sticker book. I remember, and I had like probably an action figure, and like probably a one of the Ecto ones and something. Like, I just, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I had some of the action figures, and I had, um, I definitely had some of the books. Yeah, it's just uh, I, I'm a little bit younger than you, so I think that mostly mm-hmm. I got stuff that was from Ghostbusters too, which was mm-hmm. unfortunate. Yes, um, yeah, but uh, it does um, the the saving the saving grace of um, Ghostbusters too is by far Peter McNichol uh, going <laughs> Vigo, Vigo. <laughs> oh man, uh, that's it's so over the top. Uh, it's that was that was some quality that was a quality uh performance there um but uh what's the Huey Lewis thing i honestly uh, yeah. don't so know well, this. the story goes 
uh, you know, gather around children. <laughs> we hear the story of Huey Lewis uh, in the news. I'll tell you the tale of when Huey Lewis in the news sued Ray Parker Jr. for for um, uh, for stealing their song. So uh, I, I recall correctly, they had actually been approached to do a song for the film, mm-hmm. and they said no. Um, We're doing this other movie called Back to the Future. Back to the future. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We think you'll be okay. Uh, and, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so they got Ray Parker Jr. to do it. And when the song came out, um, they thought it sounded more than a little bit like the riff to I Want a New Drug. Yeah, it, it makes sense. And uh, it, it, I think some other people agreed with them. I believe that they successfully sued... Ray Parker Jr. for, um, for like copyright infringement or something like that. Yeah, for stealing the song. Um, I recall when Huey Lewis was on Marin that he said that he couldn't really talk about it still. So, yeah, that makes that makes sense. I and as I think about it now, I'm like, oh yeah, that does kind of sound like. Yeah, I mean, if you the riff, they're very similar. Um, I, I could see them being able to successfully argue that it's close enough that they knew what they were doing, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, I, it's, it's, it, I kind of feel bad for Ray Parker Jr. Because, um, I, I think that's the only hit that he had. No, he, um, there was his band radio. Um, what? What's, I don't recall that. Oh, and keep in mind, it's spelled R-A-Y-D-I-O. Um, that that didn't help. <laughs> no, they had a hit called... Um, uh, he had a hit called um, The Other Woman. He, he's been... Ray, Ray, Mark, Ray Parker Jr. is... Did just fine. I mean... But... Um, I don't believe you. You don't believe me. I don't believe you. Well, um, I'm going to use something that I've uh, recently learned how to use uh, called Google. Oh, (laughs) I, I too am looking up uh, uh, Ray Parker Jr. Um, uh, So there's (laughs) where I now see Ghostbusters theme song lawsuit (laughs) right at the top. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, in 1982, there was his solo album, The Other Woman, which was yeah, number was 11. Yeah. That. Yeah. So I guess he did okay. I guess he did all right. And so, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's been, uh, oh, here are the singles. Uh, the title track to that, I guess, I guess he had a couple of top 40s. Yeah. Besides Ghostbusters. So, so, he, so he did okay. So he was doing fine. They wouldn't have picked Ray Parker Jr. if like he wasn't. Um, well, no, they would have. They would have picked up whoever. I mean, that song was popular. Mm-hmm. So you know, whoever was responsible for that song would have gotten picked on because it was very clearly that riff. Mm-hmm. 
What's funny is I'm looking at the thing. Uh, um, I'm looking at a thing where they settled the lawsuit in '95. Um, and they so had it was to, ongoing for some time. Yeah, and they had to re. It couldn't release any information about it, other than what was on a press release. And then in '01. Parker had to file a lawsuit against Lewis for breaching part of the settlement because apparently Lewis did speak about it publicly at one time. Well, which makes, makes sense why he couldn't, he couldn't uh, broach the subject on Mary. Yeah. That's, um, so that's, I'm curious what Huey Lewis said. Let's, let's, uh, let's go down this rabbit hole just a little bit more. This, my friends is music lawsuit hour. Uh, Oh. This this discussion of of copyright law brought to you by uh, Beckett Kyle, Beckett <laughs> Kyle, who's been bringing up Ghostbusters since his recent walk home with his father. Yeah. So it, it was just so bizarre, and, and like I'm texting clerks, I'm like, uh, like, why? Like I'm, he will not shut up about Ghostbusters. <laughs> so I'm a little I'm a little surprised that the pre K teacher showed part of Ghostbusters. I think it was the music video, which is perfectly safe. Okay. Um, and, um, oh, so the lawsuit was, um, was uh, Huey Lewis born Hugh Craig, C-R-E-G-G. Apparently he said something wow. about um, behind the music um, that caused Parker to sue. Um, There's another program we didn't talk about in our conversation I, last week. I know. <laughs> Oh my goodness, um, it's it's sort of like um, I think after Vanilla Ice got was successfully uh, sued uh, uh, by Poe and Queen, uh, so I'm um, claiming that uh, he didn't steal the riff from Under Pressure. He straight up stole that riff. It's the exact same fucking riff. Yeah, it's absolutely the same. Mm -hmm. The the fact that he even tried to defend that is ridiculous. Yeah, apparently John Deacon was not too happy about that because that was his baseline. Mm. (laughs) Um, But then, uh, so I, as we were, as you were looking up Ray Parker Jr., I was looking up um, music lawsuits. (laughs) Gotcha. Because I figured we were on to something here. I used to watch the shit out of Behind the Music. That was That's such a good show. About all of Billy Joel's music problems. <laughs> so, well, like, is it was the it Liberty woes? And was it Liberty Davila who sued him, or was that too soon? Uh, well, he from I don't know much about that one. He sued him after he got kicked out of the band. Yeah. Um, no, this was like this was the whole thing about how his manager had. That, I mean, it's most most of the songs in River of Dreams are based on how his his manager screwed him out of millions of dollars. <laughs> That's right, because uh, um, all of his stuff was like a family productions joint until he got out of it. There, well, there. Some of it was that, but like his his manager, who I mean. You, when you look at it, it's like no shit. The guy was stealing from you. He kept the same manager for ever, mm-hmm. and his manager was his ex-wife's brother. Like, come on! Of course, that guy's gonna fucking screw you. Yeah. 
seems like I mean it's like um it's the beginning of every rock bio ever made. Um Elton John's like have you seen Rocket Man yet by chance? I have not seen Rocket Man. Well, like the whole movie is about how his manager screwed him both literally and um financially. Uh oh. causing causing years of depression and alcoholism. Um, well, I mean, you know, it was it's clear that that um that you know, the troubles that Billy Joel was going through at the time that that led to Reverb Dreams were so so deep and and distracting that he allowed Christy Brinkley to paint the cover. So <laughs> And we know how that turned out. It actually isn't the most horrible that cover. Covers one of the It's 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 not great. <laughs> I mean, it's no, um, oh, what's a shitty cover? Uh, there, there are so many shitty covers. Yeah, but it's not the shittiest cover I've seen. The cover to Piano Man is pretty shitty. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, um, I think Billy Joel definitely wins the, um, definitely wins the, um, uh, worst major artist album cover of all time. There's that, um, I think there's that. His, his album covers were never great. Well, there's that. Um, it just shows you how strong the music is. That the music was so good that they sold millions of albums despite looking terrible. Well, there's the, um, there was the Queen cover of, I think, News of the World, where it's like mm-hmm. one big face of the five of them together that's just looks. Yeah, bad. Yeah, album covers of the seventies and eighties were a, a very mixed bag. There's the cranberries one. Uh, someone, I, I'm, so I'm looking up now bad worst album covers of all time. And uh, is that is that a, what is that a listicle? Yeah, it's what the kids call a listicle. Um, I've I've heard this term. Yeah, um, I'm very proud of myself. I've I've written one or two. Uh, but they put like Terrapin Station by the um, the Grateful Dead on there, and I'm gonna quietly disagree with that. Um, and I don't, I don't know. Oh, Neil Young uh, and the Shocking Pinks, everybody's rocking. <laughs> that wasn't so bad. I don't think I know that one. Yeah, it's it's the one. This one's for it's, you. I think it was his first. Post Geffen uh, record. I I mean he definitely had some uh, like a, he hit a rough patch in the eighties for sure. Um, um, they put sparks on there. <laughs> no sir. Uh, <laughs> um. Anyway, that's kind of where I'm at. It's got to be a scary time for musicians right now anyway, uh, speaking of lawsuits. Because ever since... Um, are you familiar with the Blurred Line song? I, I know um, from several years ago. Uh, uh, no, I'm not. No, you Are you really not familiar with the song Blurred Lines? I'm really not familiar with the song Blurred Lines. Why would I lie about that? I'm very honest about the things that I don't know. Okay, so like it was the biggest hit 
like in the world eight years ago. Um, okay. <laughs> it didn't help. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break it down for you some more. Okay, I gotta give you Who's some better artist. Uh, um, uh, Robin Thicke and Pharrell. Okay, I've heard of both of those people. Okay. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, we got <laughs> Robin Thicke, who's the the son of uh, the late Alan Thicke. Correct, and and has apparently inherited. Speaking his, of Canadians, yes, and apparently has inherited his gift for music. Um, mm-hmm. but so there's that, and then there's um, so there's that um, so Robin Thicke and Pharrell collaborate on the song called Blurred Lines, which. I would go so far to say uh, they would go so far to say as it's inspired by Marvin Gaye's "God Give It Up" Part One. Um, okay, that song I know. Yes, um, and it's also notorious for having for a music video with um, Half Naked Miles uh, being uh, and being mildly. Um, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I don't know. Wait, wait the uh, misogynist? Yes, it's being a very misogynist video. Um, so I, I, Mar- a lot of a lot of videos fall into that category, right? But this one was excessively so. Like it's more misogynist than probably. It's probably on the- like a Van Halen video. Um, I would go so f- maybe a Poison video. I mean, either way, it's okay. It's bad. We're talking like pour some sugar on me. Yeah, I think We're so. We're talking. Uh, I don't know what other hair metal videos are out there. Uh, whatever. I I I see what you're saying. Yeah. Anyway, so I mean, I noticed it, but I didn't think to when it came out. It's a catchy. It's a catchy ass song. Um. I mean, you can't help but, and being a Marvin Gaye fan, you can't help but notice that it does sound a lot like Got to Give It Up. And Pharrell is so inspired by that Motown period anyway. I know you don't know this, but just take my word for it, okay? <laughs> um, okay. Marvin Gaye's estate sued them and won uh, for plagiarism, like for being very liberal with the idea. Uh, Good for them. Yeah. And I mean, but also you you gotta, you gotta credit your sources. Yeah. Um, you know that they've been, um, sampling force that long ago. mm -hmm. I got to the point. Like, and now like a lot, once the, they were successful, like it led a lot of people to be, Concerned, like what is considered inspiration or a tribute to an artist, and what is, um, hey, come on, people know better. I, you know, I, I, I think people know better. Uh, you, you can, you can be in the style of somebody without straight ripping them off, right? You can be using the same chord progression as somebody without ripping them off. Mm-hmm. You have to be for it to be noticeable. It has to be a, a pretty blatant uh, theft, I think. But the, what made this suit different from anything is that um, to quote this article I'm looking at, they didn't 
directly plagiarized the lyrics or anything from the song or anything from the music, but they took the style and feel of the song. Um, so, oh, what they did that. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. and what happened after that is once it was, once that took place, like even, um, Sam Smith had to give Tom Petty and Jeff Lynn credit um, for his song Stay With Me because it sounded too much like I Won't Back Down. I, I heard about that one. Mm-hmm. But I didn't hear the song, so I don't know how close it was. <laughs> Of course you did. It's, 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 um, it's close. Like, it's... Rhythm, um, sound wise, like the songs don't sound anything alike. Like one's like this quiet torch ballad. That's the Sam Smith song, obviously. And I won't back down is this anthemic rock song. Um, Mm -hmm. but like the way the refrains are, it's, I, it's coincidental, like, Smith says it's a complete coincidence I kind of believe him I don't see him listening to Tom Petty at any point in his life Um. (laughs) yeah but that song I mean that I won't back you know like I could if it was something that was a little more obscure if it was something you know that that song's everywhere Mm -hmm. I mean it's like it would be like somebody saying that their you know that their song has the same, you know, uh, you know, rhythmic styling as as free falling and saying that, well, I don't mm-hmm. listen to Tom Petty. You must have heard free falling somewhere, whether it was on yeah. the radio or Tom Cruise singing it driving down the road or, you know, whatever. It, 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 those those big songs like that are so in the zeitgeist that you you can't well, but here I am saying that I've not heard the Sam Smith song or mm-hmm. the Robin Thicke and Pharrell song. But, like, it's gotten to the point... So now I'm having to walk back what I've said. Yeah. Well, it's gotten to the point where, like, people are preemptively crediting other people, so they, like, uh, Taylor Swift sharing credit with the right said, with right said Fred because one of, his, one of her songs sounds too much like I'm Too Sexy. Or an Ed Sheeran well, song sounding too much like TLC's No Scrubs. <laughs> um, like, that's how... That's kind of what this did. Like, it's... Apparently, no one can do a um, late 70s R&B disco song anymore because Marvin Gaye's fa- estate will sue you. Um, I, I don't know. I It's... it's these are outlying cases, though. If if there weren't so many, um, if there mm. wasn't, you know, so much, just like a, 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 this sheer volume of original music that people managed to make mm. without having somebody say, "Hey, wait a minute, that sounds exactly like such and such." Well, it's not it like can be done. Well, it's not like Joy Division is suing Interpol for like. Uh, turn off the bright lights though they probably would have a chance um echo and the bunnyman could get on that lawsuit too um, yeah 
it's not like Duran Duran is suing the killers. Uh, well, but that's what I'm saying, that you can be in the style of something without, uh, without so blatantly ripping it off. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, there are very clearly ways of doing it. Um, you know, there's, yeah, I, it's, there are very clearly ways of, of accomplishing it. I mean, and I think, um, and I think in Robin Thicke's case though, there are some many other ways he's ruined his career. Um, <laughs> I, that's why he's like, it's probably this lawsuit that for a song he apparently barely wrote. Um, cause I mean, let's face it. Pharrell's got Pharrell's the genius of those two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that he is I'm not taking your word for just, it. Just, yeah. Take my word for it. Pharrell is seriously, dude. Is, like he's, he's Pharrell. Like he, yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. See what I did? Yeah. yeah. I, yep. I think, I think that's actually why he calls himself Pharrell. But, you know, I would imagine. Yeah. Yes. But seriously, I, I will. I would like to preemptively credit my uh, my dad joke to the uh, naming of Pharrell, <laughs> whether it was his parents or or himself at a later date. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that's why Robin Thicke is now a judge on The Masked Singer instead of cranking out more hits question mark because <laughs> because he was laying it on too thick oh uh that's that, right i doubled down <laughs> well that's true because um he his follow-up was a um the, an i'm sorry album to his now ex-wife um who he admitted well, apparently it wasn't a very good apology yeah uh apparently it was a very shitty album um, and a very shitty apology. Um, and so um, his wife being uh, Paul Patton uh, of um, Mission Impossible Gro- Ghost Pro Call fame. Uh, and a very fine actress. So, Would it surprise you to know that I don't know who that is? Dude, oh my God. I don't think I've seen Ghost Protocol. The one where he climbs the Burj Khalifa? On his hands uh, and no, knees? I think I stopped around Mission Impossible 4. That's the fourth uh, one. Is it the fourth one? Yes. I, I had to have seen it then. He climbs up know, the Burj man. Khalifa? I might have a problem. <laughs> How can someone with no interest in pop culture host a pop culture <laughs> podcast? <laughs> <laughs> No. 
My that's this is my great concern is that my my wealth of knowledge of pop culture is becoming increasingly dated. <laughs> you think we started off this podcast with Ghostbusters references? <laughs> I'm saying if we plan to get anyone in the under eighteen demographic, we're totally screwed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, well, and- you mean the movie with Melissa McCarthy that all the nerds hated? Uh, um, I, I, I can tell you right now. Give a little peek into our into our demographics. Um, the majority of our listeners are in the age range of twenty eight to thirty four. <laughs> we actually don't have anybody under twenty eight listening to this podcast. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> nor nor I. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm surprised that the the uh, the highest percentage is in that age range. Yeah, it, it seems. Uh, <laughs> it seems all six of our listeners. <laughs> uh, I'm sure my father is like, "Oh, I'm young." <laughs> oh, good lord! Um, all due respect to your your father, who's a very kind and supportive gentleman. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming that he is in the uh, the bar of the demographic that's the 10 percent of the 60 plus. Yes, he definitely is. And so he is definitely in the ARP, the 10 percent. Uh, well, that would mean that we have 10 listeners. Shit. Well, I'm telling you, so we have 49 percent here. Apparently, we're being transparent of uh, in in our listenership. Um, 49 percent is 28 to 34 years old. Mm-hmm. 33% is 35 to 44. Okay. 8% is 40, 45 to 59. And then 10% is 60 plus. And uh, the overwhelming majority, which I'm very surprised by, of our listeners identifies as female. Whoa. Um, yeah, 86%. Wow. So. How are they not lying out the door for you? <laughs> <laughs> No. Uh, Ladies, if you'd like, uh, <laughs> you know, Mr. Duran does take emails. You hurry at the top of the hour. <laughs> I it's 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 because I am not a a skeevy individual who uh, uses the media platform for his own uh, advantage to his own advantage. That, and God bless you, sir. So. Uh, and also because I've I've been diagnosed with um, with grouchoitis, uh, in that I would never want to be a member of a of a, I would never want to join a club that would have me as a member. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, I guess we we have spent a good majority of the hour talking about um, your lack of pop culture and um, knowledge and. Music lawsuits. Do you have anything you want to add to this episode? We, we have we have again uh, we we have again spent you know over over forty minutes uh, just jumping from one thing to another. It's it's a miracle that you know that we really actually after this long have seemingly not um, the, the well is not run dry. I would argue that we've remained focused. We we did remain focused on uh, the music world, on lawsuits, on plagiarism. Um, if we could just get a discussion of the Eagles in there, we'd hit the trifecta. 
No, we're not discussing the Eagles, dude. <laughs> not the fucking Eagles. Uh, yeah. Anyhow. Oh. No, I, I think we can. I think we can roll into recommendations and and uh, and round things out. Yeah. Speaking of being a dad, uh, if you, I'll, I'll go first this time. So yeah, please. So I just finished this book um, um, that um, called "A Lie Someone Told You About Yourself." Uh, just came out. Who wrote that? That sounds uh, familiar. It's um, the author is named Pierre Ho Davies. Um, he oh, is, yeah. Um, yeah, he's Welsh and um, Asian, um, and it it's about. 200 and some pages but it has like a lot to say there's some um it's about um it's just um and it's hard to explain because i don't want to give too much away but it's about uh, a married couple and they have an abortion and then when they do decide to have a kid they suspect that he is um, autistic and they Mm. feel, and he feels that because of, of the, of the feelings he has over the first child being aborted, that they're being punished with the second child. Um, And Uh there are some, yeah. And I mean, it's, I don't know if you want to call it like, um, like, autobiographical fiction um because he kind of like and he's very aware that what he throughout the book that there are moments throughout the book where this could be considered because uh, the the main character is a professor uh, an English professor that it could be uh you don't you don't know what parts are real and you don't know what parts he's you know could be made up. Um, huh. and there, he, there's some, uh, references to Hemingway and some other things he's done, but there are a lot of moments here that as a dad, just being a dad of a, of a boy, um, not necessarily, um, one who's autistic. Um, I, it's cause as far as I know, my kids are blessedly fine but there are moments where you're just so frustrated with a child or they're just really real um and poignant and i i it's it's almost this book is kind of like um i really just enjoyed the honesty and the frankness of it um i would highly recommend and it's a quick read i read in about a week um, but um, a more dedicated um, reader could probably finish it in like a day or two. Uh, so I would recommend that. It's um, A Lie Someone Told You About Yourself by Peter Ho Davies. Um, check it out. Cool. Uh, my recommendation, uh, it's not necessarily current. It's it's new to me. I had... I had um, I, I had avoided this show for a long time because I, I, I've just never really been a fan of Nick Kroll. <laughs> and the premise of it didn't seem uh, particularly appealing to me. But it's the show Big Mouth. 
You and it is. I'm in the second season now. It is seriously one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen. It's just it's just flat out wrong, mm-hmm. but it's also genius. It's I, it, I mean what the, the, what they've done and like ex- exploring the the world of you know of of middle schoolers hitting you know hitting puberty um you know and it and it's perfect that it's not high school because it's it's some kids are hitting puberty early so if for some people some of the kids it still hasn't happened yet you know on this the kind of minefield that this is um which apparently i i, I had you know sort of repressed for a while um mm-hmm. it 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 just it rings so true and the have you seen the show? I've seen parts of it. Um, it's it didn't sustain my interest enough, um, and now I I'm regretting that decision, as I regret many pop culture decisions I've made, um, dating back to I, when I, I chose uh, w- uh, after um, choosing. Um, uh, God, why can't I? Why am I blinking on shit today? Um, when uh never mind go ahead okay well as i continue to talk about the show if it comes to you just feel free to yeah uh it's it is it's just so fundamentally wrong-minded but it's it's wrong-minded across the board It, it it features um you know other other talents that we've we've talked about on one of our either this podcast or our our, our previous podcast. Uh, it's of course it's Nick Kroll, it's John Mulaney, uh, it's it's mm-hmm. um, Jesse Klein, uh, uh, the uh, Jason Manzukis, Paul Shear, uh, uh, June Diane Rayfield. So it's the entire how did this get made uh, cadre, and uh, uh, it's. Um, uh, it, it's got, um, it's, it's just, it's got some amazing voice talents and it's got Maya Rudolph and Fred Armisen. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you, you've, you've got the puberty monsters and, um, you, Fred Armisen and, and, and Maya Rudolph are, um, two of the main parents in the, in, in the show. Uh, but Maya Rudolph also, voices the the female puberty monster and it's just (laughs) she's so fucking amazing in it it's it's um she's she's just obviously amazingly talented and um delivering some of these lines it's just you know the the devices they use the fact that it's animated means that they can get away with so much more the fact that it's on netflix obviously means they can get away with more Mm -hmm. um and the fact that they blur the lines between uh, reality and 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 uh, and surreality is, you know, that's it's just everything is fair game. And they broach, you know, they don't shy away from anything. Um, it, it it takes in sexuality in all of its forms, from the age of the kids to where the parents are. And the the fact that it's just so hysterically funny. Um, and you know some of the uh, like the musicians that get involved. Um, <laughs> uh, you, you know you've got Jordan Peele playing the ghost of Duke Ellington. Um, you've got, <laughs> it's it's just it's it's incredible. 
and and even the the stupid jokes I think land so well. So it's like you've got this scene where you've got um, uh, Fred Armisen and my Rudolph in bed together, you know, as the parents obviously, and and mm-hmm. you know it's they they get into it, and the this you know it's the classic joke of the show the clock at it being eight o'clock, and then they show the clock again at eight o one, and they're done having sex. And Fred Armisen is like, ah, another 12-hour session of lovemaking. It's, again, it's so fundamentally wrong-minded. Mm-hmm. And generally speaking, it's not the sort of humor that I'm into. But the fact that it just, that it's, it's just so gloriously wrong across the board Hmm. that somehow it works. Hmm. It's like, you know, how there's the gag of of Mr. Burns has like every known disease in perfect balance. (laughs) That's kind of like this show. (laughs) Are you, um, Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely need to check that out then. Um, that, and uh, I definitely need to check out Bojack. I, I have not. Oh, Bojack is fucking great. I, Bojack. Yeah. Apparently, I also need to watch Solar Opposites. Um, it's a show on Hulu. What is it? It's called Solar Opposites. Solar. I think, okay. And it's um, by one of the creators of Rick and Morty, uh, the one that's not Dan Harmon, uh, Justin Roiland. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently, it's. Um, I watched some clips of it today because like, currently the second season starts on Friday. And it seems really fucking funny, um, even more so than Rick and Morty, um, which wow. I enjoy quite which a bit. I still need to go back and finish that. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the, if if you like BoJack, if you like um, Rick and Morty, then this is it's totally in that yeah. camp of somehow it. You know, again, it's 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 so wrong and yet so right. Um, um, I have a runner up though. Um, which, uh, a runner up thing. So I, um, I discovered a, um, you're familiar with the show Ted Lasso, correct? Uh, Of course I am. Yes. Yes. I believe I sang its praises prior to you. Yes, I did. Yes, you did. And I give you full crap for that. You are the one who. I, I got to take my it's, victories where I can because clearly I failed to follow so much current pop culture. <laughs> it's one of the few times where you and uh, my wife have been successful at uh, convincing me that I need to watch something. Um, Eventually, you'll also watch West Wing and Mad About You. Um, I have watched the former. I will never watch the latter. And now it's just because I'm, I'm, I'm bitter. And I don't want hey, you, you away. If you want to deny yourself one of the great pleasures of life, I'm, you know, that's on you, man. No, it's more <laughs> time is short, life is short, and I don't have a half an hour to spare for that garbage. So it's neither here nor there. But um, you do you. Yeah, I will. Um, so I'm going to play for you a. Um, a I'm going to play for you a um, clip of Roy Kent. Um, our favorite uh, curmudgeon soccer player being in the mood. Uh, it's about 45 seconds. Um, but I'm trying to uh, get... Uh, I'm trying to get queued up properly. We're in a shit fucking mood. 
fucking move because we never fucking win Everton and it sucks fucking shit. Fuck! Fuck no! Fuck you! Fucking America! Fuck no! It's fucking and it's it's the um it's the curb your enthusiasm theme playing in the it's background the, yeah, that really gives it that, that really gives it the extra great. flavor um that i never knew it needed um so that's my runner-up is the uh, Roy Kent fuck supercut. <laughs> so you know, I, I, if we're gonna do runners-up, if you have the ability to watch uh, the uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it was great. Yeah, uh, I really liked it quite a bit. It's it's uh, it's very again different in style. It's almost more like a procedural. I, um, it has a lot to say. It has a lot more to say than as I as I. As I got over my initial, um, what did I just see sort of thing, uh, as I lingered in my brain. Uh, with, with WandaVision? Well, I didn't, I knew it was, so it's funny is that um, there isn't a, with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, there really isn't as much Saturday morning quarterbacking, or Friday afternoon Saturday morning quarterbacking with, um Falcon and the Winter Soldier as there is with WandaVision, at least in the first episode. Um, but there's a lot more going on um, with that movie. It's interesting. With there, that show. You know, it, you could look at it as as being, um, you know, they're, they're both shows that deal with PTSD in, in very different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's interesting. I, I am, I, I'm very curious to see where it goes. It, it doesn't have the flash that WandaVision does. Uh, not all the pomp and circumstance, uh, which I think is great. I think if they tried to replicate that kind of, um, you know, amaze your eyeballs kind of show, um, mm. it, it it would have it would have rang false. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing seeing how it goes. You know what I won't recommend, and again, not a recommendation, is the Snyder cut. Oh, did you watch it? <laughs> I watched it. I not only did I watch it, I watched the original, like the Justice League from 2017. So that's like six and a half hours of your life gone. I want that back. I I I I feel like I have have grounds to sue, uh, you know, the the makers of those films for the time that I lost on that. Well, I think there are enough I, people. I will say this: Justice League. Justice League was a terrible, terrible film. I did not like that movie. I thought it was a flaming oh, turd. The I, movie is I shite. Was, <laughs> it was it was awful. Um, and I, the thing is, I probably this is Paul Shear's fault um, <laughs> because now that I'm pretty much caught up with with how did this get made? I, you know, the pandemic has gone on so long that I've listened to, granted, I skipped some of the mini episodes. So, you know, I've, but still I've listened to some 200 plus episodes of how did this get made? 
in the last year. And, uh, you know, so now that I'm, 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 I'm pretty much current, if, if I can watch the film that they're going to talk about for the next episode, I will. And, and they said they were going to discuss the Snyder Cut. And I'm like, well, you know, I want to see what it's supposed to be correcting. And then I saw that, and I'm like, okay, so it has a lot to correct, because this is just total bullshit. Uh, and, you know, I, for, you know, and I, I, knowing kind of the story behind that, I'm like, okay, I can blame Joss Whedon for this one. Um, you know, knowing that Snyder didn't get to finish it, and, and there were all sorts of rewrites and all that kind of thing, I'm like, did, did... Uh, you know, Joss Whedon secretly do this as a hit job for Marvel. You know, was it a sabotage kind of thing? Because it was that bad. No. Uh, so the story. Is, so the story is that he was so angry at the way Age of Ultron turned out mm-hmm. that he wanted to redeem himself with Justice League. Justice oh, League boy, did was he fucking fail. Uh, Justice League was like revenge on Marvel. And yeah, he failed. Um, he's failing a lot of things his, right his now. His revenge like blew up right in his face. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's failing sure out a lot of things right now. At this point, right? I believe. I believe from what I've read this morning, he is. So, uh, so the Snyder cut is definitely an improvement, but it does not. I repeat, does not justify the bloated four-hour-plus runtime. Dear <laughs> God. And that's what I got to say about that. Yeah. That's my short review of this. My my four-minute review of the four-hour fucking film. Jesus Christ. It was just so much. I the, the film was like, you know, would you stop, you know, it's like, this is not tantric sex. This is, you know, it's <laughs> or tantric. It was more like tantric masturbation. You know, it's just finish already. For God's sake, it's, it's, it's as if move I've, on. It's got to be chafing. It's it's as if Sting uh, were directing this sucker. <laughs> yeah, if Sting was like, "All right, listen, mate, you can do this film. Just you know, d- bring them so close to the end and then delay it." I'm, mm-hmm. I apologize to all British people for my <laughs> my attempt at a Sting accent. Yeah, that was uh, your impression of Roy Kent doing an impression of Sting. <laughs> <laughs> clearly, that was clearly your impression of Roy Kent doing an impression of Sting. <laughs> oh, Fuck you, Andy. Fuck you, Stuart! <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of wankers. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, this is more band. Ugh. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> Once again, I, I would uh, I would like to apologize for my terrible accent. I'm not apologizing for shit. <laughs> uh, that was my impression anyway. of Jared doing his impression of Sting. Uh, That's that was meta, man. That was that was, that was meta. Ass shit. That's Inception. That's an that's an Inception level impression right there. As um, six layers deep, uh, and I'm proud of it. So take that. So. The only way I only recommend that that exercise to people who are either like myself, uh, 
watching it before listening to a podcast, or you just have are filled with such self-loathing uh, that that you need to hurt yourself by sitting through that, just don't, don't bother. Yeah, I. I'm morbidly curious, but I, I'm just I'm not dying to see it. Um, yeah, it's it's not a bad movie. I think it's better than the last, you know, than the most recent Wonder Woman. Yeah, are you um, are you going to? Well, <laughs> I think anything is um, better than Wonder Woman eighty four. But I'm curious. Not Justice League two thousand seventeen. Yeah, um, I am curious though. Um, are you going to spend? Um, 30 shekels on Black Widow when it comes out in July? You know, probably not. Uh, I, you know, I maybe I'll change my mind about that, but I, as much as I, as much as I do like some, some Scarlett Johansson screen time, uh, and as much as I like Marvel movies, I just, you know, the thing is, it's going to be, is it is it gonna be in theaters? Yeah, it's gonna be in theaters. I'm gonna be fully vaccinated by that point, so maybe I'll you know maybe I'll brave going to a theater. Yeah. for that. Yeah, I I, I think um, I think by I don't know, it's funny is that Disney has held off on this for so long, this type of thing for so long, doing the HBO Warner thing. That I think they're unlocking a. They're unlocking. Well, they're definitely opening a door that is not going to get shut. I'll tell you. I I I don't know. I I think that this that they kind of waited too long on it. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, and you know it it actually kind of makes sense for a, a family viewing. Like if you're going to buy the the movie for it, you know for everybody at home. Mm-hmm. But in my case. Uh, what I'm gonna spend thirty bucks when I I could spend ten, right? But you can make your own popcorn. I, I could. Um, I that's I'm not big enough a selling point. Yeah, I I think uh, I I think it's gonna um I think it's probably feasibly okay for Disney because then they can make their money back. Um. If it, well, I mean, if the experiment I, blows up in their face, they did. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. I think how this turns out for them because I, I I think that it will be you know it's 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 getting released at a point when when anybody who wants to who wants to have gotten vaccinated should have been able to get vaccinated. So mm-hmm. you know. It's gonna be it's it's gonna really be one of the first I think true tests on what quote unquote the new normal is because, uh, you know people will really be able to think okay well I'm I'm fully vaccinated I could responsibly go to a theater at this point do I you know is that something that I want to do again or do I want to just buy it and and mm-hmm. watch it at home yeah I'm. Yeah, I but I, that Raya and the Magic Dragon or Last Dragon movie, they, they, yeah. they, that was the first. Well, first it with Mulan, but it wasn't like in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they did with um, that the Raya movie, um, which is in theaters right now. 
So it must be like a point, either that movie is doing better digitally than they thought, than, than we think is because they don't release their numbers, mm-hmm. that they, or it's at a point where they can like, well, it'll be hopefully past the time that everyone's in, you know, can go to the movies. So we won't lose too much money if this blows up in our faces and yeah. it's black widow. Um, so, um, it's not like it's, um, like, um, Captain Marvel two. Um, but I, yeah, I'll, I'll see it one way or another. I mean, it's, and it must be so, um, because of their plan with their, with their, um, both their streaming content and their movies that they're all intertwined. It must play black Widow must play a big part in between Falcon and the winter soldier and Loki and whatever else they got cooking in their TV show repertoire. Um, yeah. I, I wonder, I wonder how big a part it can play though, because it, you know, I mean, it's it's clearly it, it has to take place prior to spoiler alert for a film that's that's a number of years old now. Yeah. Um, but she died, so this these are events that clearly happened prior to a film that's already been released. So I don't know how. I mean, unless there are if there are new characters that are introduced there that would that will play a bigger role in the next phase. I guess that's. Um, you know, they can do that. That that's a possibility. Possibly. But. I mean, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with Falcon and the Winter Soldier yet. So, I it does seem like it would be a good lead into whatever is on their streaming agenda. Um, it's funny because Falcon and the Winter Soldier was supposed well, to watch, be. Watch what I'm about to do here. Watch what I'm about to do. Here. Okay. But when it does get revealed, you can be sure that we'll talk about it here on Mental Platypus. Oh yeah. <laughs> For all your, for all your Marvel TV show needs, come to Mel Blabus. Uh, you know what I would say for a, a few very specific needs, come to Mental Platypus. <laughs> yeah, if you're 24 or 38, <laughs> and you want to hear two white guys talk about stuff, Mel Blabus. You do. Uh, <laughs> And and we're thankful for that. By yeah, the way. yeah. I don't mean to say that dismissively. Yeah. We're, hey, we're ladies. Really happy that anybody is. <laughs> don't listen. To, <laughs> no, um, it's funny because Falcon and the Winter Soldier was supposed to be first before WandaVision. Interesting. Um, the pandemic kind of um, messed with that, and apparently a lot of things in WandaVision were supposed to be different pre-pandemic. Um, hmm. So they've had to adjust. But I'll never know what, because I don't read any of the things that are talking about those. You can watch uh, the like the WandaVision post-game reports, right? You can read those now. I guess I could if I was interested. Yeah, I think you should. Um, so, but, you know, why would you? I mean, you continue to live under this house built by Elvis Costello, Nick Lowe, and Gilt. Happy birthday, Nick Lowe, by the way. Yes. We're recording this on Nick Lowe's birthday. Um, anyway, yeah, you know, we've gone on long enough for an episode. I think we'll wrap it up. Yes. Yeah, we, we blew our we blew our wad on 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 uh, Ghostbusters, so let's not uh, 
Like Dan Aykroyd getting a blowjob from a spirit. Oh, oh dear God. <laughs> and now it's come full circle. <laughs> and with that, we ask you to, to please keep it mental, peeps. Yep. And, you know, Patreon ratings. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're actually going to roll right into uh, recording the bonus episode for March. So if you if you do happen to like what you hear and you would care to throw down five bucks a month, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash hoot and waddle uh, and you can get a bonus episode every month of more of this, uh, obviously just, just pure gold banter mm-hmm. uh, and help us help us keep the lights on. Yes. So. Thank you, Platt Peeps. Mental Platypus is a production of Hoot and Waddle, producing fine arts and culture podcasts and publishing works of experimental literature since 2016. To learn more about Hoot and Waddle, please visit hootandwaddle.com. To learn how you can help support and sustain Hoot and Waddle, please visit patreon.com forward slash hootandwaddle.